Hey people, how are you doing? It's Christmas Eve and you're still, still getting an echo chamber because we are that committed to this people. And as we do every single week, we start off with the top 10 films playing in the UK. Right now cinemas are shut, so it's the top 10 that is streaming. So, at number 10 this week, well, it's an odd one, really. So, it's The Grinch, um, the animated version of the film, right? Then, at number 9, we've got a classic. It is Brian Henson's The Muppet Christmas Carol. So, you know, this one had Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. And then all our favourite Muppets were involved. Alright, so then at number 8, we've got Robert Zumakis's The Polar Express. You know, Tom Hanks and crew in that one. At number seven, you know, it's a classic. You know, my parents called me today for access to Disney Plus so they could watch it. It is Home Alone. You know, Christopher Columbus, Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara. Ah, it's not a bad one, people. At number six, we've got The Last Christmas from Paul Feig. So this had Amelia Clark, Emma Thompson, Michelle Yeoh, Ingrid Oliver. Uh, so now we're in the top five. And at number five, people, it's John Favreau and Elf. <laughs> yes, Elf. Will Farrell, Zoe Deschanel, James Kahn, Ed Asner. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then at number four, we've got Love Actually. You know, a Richard Curtis classic. Hugh Grant, Kira Knightley, Liam Neeson, Andrew Lynn Collin. You know? Yeah, it's a heartwarming little film, you know? I ain't gonna lie. At number three, so this is where it gets very odd. We've got the Grinch again. You know? Yeah, it's a strange one, people. It's a strange one. So at number two, there was a lot of controversy over it, which was rather weird. But it's uh, Ronald Dahl's The Witches. So this version is from Robert Zumakis, had Anne Hathaway. Octavia Say Spencer, Jahir Bruno, Kristen Chenoa, Stanley Tucci. And that means people back at number one. Back at number one, people. They said it underperformed, but Christopher Nolan's tenant seems to be kicking all sort of booty. So this one starred. John David Washington, Robert Patterson, Elizabeth DeBecky, Kenneth Branagh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's a great film, you know, seen it twice, really enjoyed it. So, people, this week we've got, um, yeah, we, we've got a couple of films and 
we've got a little interview for you people. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll play one little kind of bit of news, and then we'll get into the reviews. Okay. So yeah, kick back and enjoy, people. Yeah, I think it's going to be a double header as well. All right. All right. Cool. Okay, so all you Shudder fans, man, 2021 is going to be a good one, okay? So, it starts off with, um, yeah, some thrilling originals that will be hitting the uh, service, right? So, you've got Hunted from Oscar-nominated filmmaker Vincent Panord and the Queen of Black Magic from two giants of modern Indonesian horror, Kimo Stombol and Joko Anwar. The much-anticipated second season of original series, A Discovery of Witches, with new episodes weekly, a binge release of season one of The Walking Dead World Beyond, the latest series in the Walking Dead universe, and the first to be available on Shudder. A four-film celebration of Peter Cushing's, a double feature from the mind of Clive Baker, Nightbreed and Rawhide Rex, and the recently released award-winning animated feature, The Wolf House, among other new additions to the Shudder Library. So, Hunted will be arriving on the 14th of January, right? And, um, yeah, what started as a flirtatious encounter at a bar turns into a life or death struggle as Eve becomes the unknowing target of a misogynistic plot against her. Forced to flee as two men pursue her through the forest. She's pushed to her extremes while fighting to survive. But survival isn't enough for Eve. She will have revenge. A modern and radical tale on the Little Red Riding Hood fable. Hunting is an exhilarating, transcendent and frequently brutal survival tale that elevates itself with the power of myth and magic while still holding an exacting mirror to present-day society. Man. So, yeah, that will be hitting on the 14th. Uh, The Queen of Black Magic will then arrive on the 28th of January. The sins of the past come back with a vengeance in this new film from two of Indonesia's modern masters of horror, director Kimo Stambul, and writer Juko Anwar, a family travels to the distant rural orphanage where the father was raised to pay their respects to the facility's gravely ill director. But his and his best friend's homecoming turns into a terrifying supernatural ordeal that threatens their and their family's lives. Someone is using dark manage to avenge evil deeds, long buried but not forgotten. Ooh. You know, so, um, then the 9th of January, that's when you can catch a discovery of witches, 
the second season and every um every saturday a new episode will be dropping right so um you have that uh beyond the walking dead uh world beyond that hits on the 21st of january and you don't have to wait each week because all episodes hit on that day so um yeah that's fun uh, the Peter Cushing season will start on the 18th of January Right um, But as well as that you have other new films Like Super Dark Times from director Kevin Phillips That arrives on the 4th So Zach and Josh and are best friends growing up in the 90s In the suburbs where teenage life revolves around hanging out Looking for kicks Navigating first loves and vying for popularity When a traumatic incident drives a wedge between the previously inseparable pair Their youthful innocent abruptly vanishes Each processes the tragedy in his own way Until circumstances grow increasingly complex and spiral into violence You then also have fingers from director Jean or tease on the same day When an employee shows up to work with a missing pinky It awakens demons in his boss That she never knew she harboured Hmm Oh dear <laughs> On the 11th of January There will be Before the Fire From director Charlie Buller As a global pandemic in Ghost Los Angeles Rising TV star Ava Boone is forced to flee the mounting chaos and return to her rural hotel as she struggles to acclimatise to a way of life she left behind long ago. Her homecoming attracts a dangerous figure from her past, threatening both her and the family that serves as her only sanctuary. Um... Yeah, and then on that same day, you will also get Cub from director Jonas Gavertz, The Pit from director Lou Lehman, and Celia from director Anne Turner. So, Shudder is definitely something to, uh, yeah, make sure you get your hands on for January, people. So, maybe you get in your stocking, if not... Ooh, you better rush and pick it up pretty soon Because it is the home of horror And all kind of craziness And uh, yeah, a pretty fun thing to have on your TV or your computer, people So, go check it out now Okay, people, so now we've heard that, let's get into this week's films. So, a lot of big films, they didn't come out this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got moved, they got pushed back, everything was delayed. But some things, some things did drop. You know, we had Hillbilly Elegy, we had Mank, you know what I mean? Um... You've got a black bottom thingy bobby bob, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've just reviewed it, so I don't know why I can't remember the name of it. But yes, there was, there's that. And 
also the midnight sky all right so this is george clooney's new film and you know i mean it's been it was being talked about as like a big thing this you know good picture george clooney directing right so yeah it was like okay i'll give it a shot you know it's hitting it's hitting itunes no netflix i don't know why i can't remember anything it's insane it's insane god that i haven't even started drinking yet i mean that's coming trust me that's coming but i haven't yet um but yes so it is actually based on a book right came out in 2016 uh from lily brooks dalton it's called good morning midnight so uh yeah this as i said look Clooney's directed it. It's produced by Grant Haslov, Clooney, Keith Redman, Bard Doros, and Cliff Roberts. Mark L. Smith adapted the book, wrote the screenplay. Um, the music is by Alexandra Desplot. Cinematography, Martin Rue. So, um, yeah they're the, the main peoples and then we have our cast right so george clooney plays augustine um oh gosh what's the surname it's augustine um bloody uh ugh lofborough lofborough i believe it's lofborough i mean, yeah everything is just escaping me people it's just escaping me today Yes, Augustine Loughborough. Um, so, yes, he plays him. Then you've got Ethan Peck. He plays a younger iteration of Augustine. Uh, we have Felicity Jones as Sully. David Oluwa as Edewal. Uh, Tiffany Boone as Maya. Um, Damien Bursher as Sanchez. Carl Chandler as Mitchell, Kaelina Springle as Iris, Sophie Rundle as Jean, Tim Russ as Mason Mosley, and Mir Miriam Shaw as um, Mitchell's wife. Yeah, doesn't even get a name, just wife on screen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the the gist of the film is this. A lonely scientist in the Arctic races to contact a crew of astronauts returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. Dum, dum, dum. <sighs> now, yeah, as I said, look, it, it's, it's billed as this big... Um, yeah, big sci-fi film that, you know, speaks of environmental issues. Like, gazing at humanity, asking the big questions. Are they worth it? What are we doing to the planet? Right, that's supposedly the big questions that this film is asking. I don't know if it is. <laughs> it is it's, it's a funny one. Right, so once a film comes out, 
you always have these articles that's going oh so the film really does shine the spotlight on and you know it's like there is nowhere in that film where any of this is said you know they're like oh it, it, with these certain acts it implies this and it implies that i'm just like no <laughs> like that's just so lazy you can't just say that can't just say something implies you know you i feel you have to make something kind of implicit and I, I i don't mean implicit as it's all spelled out but like the meanings the themes of the film should be clear now people can interpret the film however they want but i do feel a film it need like everything about it should be clear you know, you i mean you can have ambiguous things like oh oh in, in the ending does the topper spin or does it stop you know was it a dream you know you can have things like that that's fine but i'm just saying about just the, the whole kind of gist of the film itself you know I mean? if the whole film is like i don't know what happens you know what I mean? then i'm not sure you did your job you know and Midnight Sky, it's an odd one. It is an odd one, right? So we start off, I, I have to say, I had to watch it twice because it isn't very clear because the nature in how they did it. And I hate, hate when they do stupid things like they put light usually white text on a light background and that's what they did here right so it kind of opens up with um Clooney's character Augustine sitting in a mess hall right so it's got big glass windows and outside is this you know sky right you can see the landscape it's very bright and over this very bright light background, it says three weeks after the event. So yeah, it's easy to miss. I mean, it's like, why would you do that? It's so inane, right? It's an, a ridiculous thing. It pisses me off. It really does. Because there's no need for it. It is stupid. Like visually, you know, when there's visually this film is very nice, right? And so they understand visuals. So why do you put like writing on, on this background? Well, I mean, it wasn't white, it's black, but it's very thin. It's very, it's hard to see. And it's like, why do that? Why do that? It's stupid, it's irresponsible. But anyway. So we have him sitting in this mess hall. So we know, oh, something happened, right? He's on his own. There's no one else there. Then we have um, this scene where he's talking to someone outside and they're like, oh, why don't you leave? And they mentioned that, oh, he's terminally ill, which is, I would say, it is kind of, um, <sighs> I don't know, is a bit of a lazy way of doing things. You know what I mean? Just be like, oh, we, we have to make this clear from the giddy up. Oh, he's terminally ill. And then go through all this whole thing. 
you know, he's dying. So they're like, oh, you have to do the, you know, your, your dialysis. If you don't do it, you'll die within a week. Right. So they're letting you know certain information, which, you know, right. Whenever that happens, you know, it does play into the film. Right. So that happens. Then you have this woman. She's all panicking. She's running. Be like, ah, I've lost my daughter. I've lost my daughter. Ah, ah, I don't know what to do. And some other woman's like, oh, someone else took her on the play. Which she, you're just like, the whole thing just seems like, wait, what? Like, firstly, how the fuck are you losing your kid? You know what I mean? You're losing your kid. And, oh, someone else just took the kid? It's weird it is weird right and i think it does you know bring up something that i did find interesting right so this film it's you know it's dealing with a future and they're saying it's a future that's not that far away from ours right now i think the time is meant to be like 2049 right so 20 years time but they they so they've got a um you know they've got colony ships they've got this technology and all of this stuff but then there's other things where um you know it's just the same because you think about it i'd imagine you know we can have features on our phone like find your phone so we can find a lost phone, iPod, iPad, you know, all of these things. So I kind of imagine that there would be tracking shit that you could put on your kids. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It just seems like that would be the next step. Right? So we get medical, like the medical room. We have him, you know, Augustine sitting in there. And it's just the same, right? So it is. It, it always amuses me about sci-fi at times. Well, they'll kind of invent a big fancy spaceship, but then, you know, I, uh, I just like um, a blood-taking machine is just exactly the same as it is right now, right? It is. It's weird how the imagination works you know yeah it, it, it's an odd one right and I think it that does kind of speak into this film a lot at times right so just just the whole kind of tablet thing right and the tablet boxes and stuff like that it's just yeah it, it's no different right it's, it's no different it's kind of odd but you know, so, like, he's in the station still, you know, he's here doing his thing, and, you know, everyone else has left, and then one t day, he stumbles upon a little girl, right, and so, I think we look at it and go, oh, this must be the girl who the woman was looking for, so she wasn't put on a plane, she's here, but it all seems very convenient, right, and I think that's one thing, 
this film, it does kind of jump on every single cliche of a film that we have seen. <laughs> it, it really does. Like him, you know, in the present day and then kind of reminiscing on the past, right? So we have these flashbacks of him as a young man speaking at a conference, meeting a woman, all of that kind of thing. And it's just a typical kind of thing, right? He's this supposedly very intelligent guy, you know, real intelligent. But this what this really attractive young lady, you know, she sees him and she's intrigued and ah, oh, she just wants to get to know him and blah 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 blah. But eventually, you know, the as that situation always goes, he's so intelligent that he he's really tied into his work and he doesn't know how to connect to real human beings. You know, the typical stuff right it, it just hits all the cliches which you do find just a little bit like are we really doing this like are we really doing this you know it's like i don't know man you know Clooney, he's He's been around for a long ass time now, it would seem. You know what I mean? He's won awards and shit. And you kind of feel that I, he's definitely improved. I remember when he first started out, I just was like, ugh, I can't stand these films. Like, his acting was bad. You know what I mean? But it definitely seemed to improve. You know, and he he was in some stuff, and you're like, oh, no, that was a good film. And, like, he's directed some good films, you know? And you're like, okay, yeah, no, he, he's decent. He's not bad. You know, he seems to have found a style that works. He can tell a story. But then, um, I don't know, then you get on to other stuff that's just a bit like ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean just like oh dear this isn't great you know this isn't great like I I'd think good night good luck is very good I like confessions of a dangerous mind they're interesting because he does things a little bit different even Ides of March although it's a typical kind of campaign politic politics film. It still has like this kind of nice feel to it. Where the midnight sky, it just feels flat. I think that's the problem with it. The film feels very flat. Like there seems to be all of these gaps, right? Because, you know, there's this ship in Mars, like the ship that went to um, K-23, right? It, I think it's the moon of Jupiter. 
and it's habitable. Habitat, habitable. Humans can live on it. <laughs> oh shit! All right, yeah, humans can live on this planet, right? So, um, they they went to investigate, and they're coming back. You know, a colony ship is on its way there, and um, yeah, so they've done this mission, but we don't really ever get a sense of oh, so how long did all of this take? You know, what, what, what's the, you know, what's the real parameters here? Like, there's only five of them, five of them on the ship. So, and it's a huge ship. And we're just like, okay, so there's five. Right, so what do you guys do? You know, we don't really get any sense. And there's, there's no real sense of, like, connection, you know what I mean? Like, we've got people like Sully, Sully and Adewala are meant to be in a relationship. But you don't really feel that. Right? Everything feels a little flat. You know, like everyone's just going through these motions. You know, they, they throw you certain things to try and give you a, 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 a kind of an, a sense of... Like, you know, Clooney's often brooding, looking into the distance. But it's just, you know, it doesn't feel impactful. It's just like, oh, they want us to think that he's really intelligent and he's pondering, you know, all the things life has to offer. Oh, right. That's what's happening here. You know, it, it's just weird. Like, you have certain scenes. Like, because we really, really do not find out anything about Mitchell, Sanchez, Adewola, Sully, or Maya. You know, we really do not get much information on any of them. Which then makes you go, well... How am I meant to care what happens, right? How am I meant to give a fuck, you know? And when you find out a little bit more about one of the characters, it then kind of gives you that, uh, okay, I think I know what's going to happen here. And yeah, it does. You know what I mean? It does. We get all the typical things. You know, like, um, everything's fine on a spaceship until something happens. You know what I mean? And they've got to fix this problem and everything seems fine until, right? It, it's, we've seen it all before. But as I said, look, we don't know enough about anyone, so we don't care. Right, the ship could blow up and we don't really care. That's the problem. Like, we don't care about Augustine. You know, it, it's just like, oh, they want to show him as being this aloof guy. Oh, he's, he's all good on his own. He doesn't need attachments. He's so clever. But it's like, <laughs> you know, look. Someone can be smart and have difficulty relaying 
you know, their thoughts and emotions, but doesn't mean that they're completely cold and aloof, right? You know what I mean? That's the weird thing. There's all they always go with this one archetype of this character, and it's just not everyone is like that. Just wanted you to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? People on the spectrum aren't all the same. You know what I mean? It is so weird the way they want to show you know show you these things. You know, it always feels a bit played out, you know? And so, um, yeah, like, you know, these things happen along the way on the film. Like, there's all of these different kind of instances and, you know, threats. But again, like, we just have no reason to care. You know, look... I don't mind a film that doesn't give you all the facts, you know, you kind of drip feed you information and stuff like that, but there needs to be more to tie you to it, like there needs to be that emotional tie somehow, right, does it, look, it doesn't matter how they do it, but they need to do it, because there needs to be an investment. Right? Otherwise, anything can happen and no one cares. You know? No one cares. Right? These things happen on the ship. Don't really care. Things happen on Earth. Don't really care. You know, it's very odd. Very odd. And then the ending. Right? The ending that's meant to be this powerful thing. You're just like, eh don't care, I don't care, people, right, and, and I feel just because, how are we meant to care when we've, you know, they've shown us this other scene earlier on in the film, right, we've seen this whole thing where you're just like, well, why would he, he didn't care, why do we care, right, and also, because it's, so just played out, right, like, uh, the end could have been something else, it could have been, you know, just a little bit different, but they went again with this just played out archetype of this sort of film, which is just such a shame, because the cast, very talented cast, but they just don't have enough to show us anything, you know, like, I can't really say a certain performance was like, well, yeah, I mean, that performance blew me away, because, yeah, like, everyone is just so one-dimensional, the characters are one-dimensional, the dialogue is just flat, right, you, you don't believe in any of the connections, that, that's just the type of film this is, unfortunately, now, I might be completely wrong, <laughs> you know what I mean, I might be completely wrong, people, you know, because I will say, I did not like gravity, you know what I mean, I thought gravity was a boring-ass film, you know, 
there's a lot of kind of um yeah these films i just meh i'm i'm like i don't care i did love the martian right love the martian you know and like there's films like after earth you know the was shown at um sci-fi london uh and there was this other film um god damn it i can't remember the name but yeah like there's certain these little indie flicks that are great but some of these other ones i'm just like they've just they i don't know inconsequential really and um yeah that's what this kind of felt to me you know but hey if you if you enjoyed you know gravity then you might like this if you like ad astra you might like this because i kind of feel that it's kind of similar you know because i thought both of those films had these grand notions but just didn't deliver and i know this is grand notions right i didn't feel them but that's not to say they're not there it's just it didn't resonate with me so yeah if you liked gravity if you like ad astra maybe you'll like this one you know maybe it will speak to you more than it spoke to me i mean not many people speak to me these days it's been a quiet year people so yes you know maybe i'm i've lost contact with films as well who knows who knows but uh it's on netflix right so you'll be able to go check it out whenever enjoy it whenever you know but yeah the midnight sky people hmm i don't know you uh you check it you might enjoy it yo so i've been really interested to check this out you know because man i think just the base material it's from like august wilson and he he knew how to write right there's a there's a lyricism to his pieces you know what i mean he he really infuses his work with a spirit and i mean there's been adaptations of his stuff and sometimes you get that spirit all the way through sometimes you know what i mean you can see what they're trying to say there's always something about it right and you just want to know if what you're watching can really do the work justice so yeah when ma rainey's black bottom hit netflix man i was looking forward to it but you know it came with a weight right I think that's the problem. It came with a huge fucking weight. You know what I mean? It's Chadwick Boseman's last piece. And listen, you want to be able to judge something on the quality of the product. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people, you know what I mean? They like to heap praise on something just because, right? And it's not about that. Right, if this sucked, it sucked. Right? 
if the performances were bad, then the performances were bad. That's just the way it is. It doesn't matter if a cat's dead or not. You know what I mean? You just have to judge it on what it is. But people, what it is, oh shit, what it is, is just, god damn, it's like a tinderbox. It has passion infused in it. Passion infused in it. God damn, I enjoyed this. I really did. So, yeah, you know, Ruben Santiago Huston, you know, he had the work of bringing this to the screen, right? He had to adapt Wilson's words. And, I mean, that cannot have been an easy task, right? You know, George C. Wolfe. He's the man behind the camera, you know, having to uh, bring this vision to life, right? So um, it's produced by Todd Black, Continenta Romero, Denzel Washington, and Danny Wolf. The music is Branford Marsalis. Cinematography is Tobias A. Schisler. You know, and it had a, ooh, it had a tremendous cast. It had a tremendous cast. So, Viola Davis played Ma Rainey. Chadwick Boseman plays Levi. Coleman Domingo played Cutler. Glyn Turman played Toledo. Michael Potts played Slow Drag. <laughs> Jeremy Shamas played Irvin. Johnny Coyne played Stevant. Taylor Page played Dusty May. Dusan Brown played Sylvester. You know what I mean? It had a great cast. It really had a great, tremendous cast, man. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Right, so, <clears throat> the, um, the gist is this, right, so tensions and temperatures rise over the course of an afternoon recording session in 1920s Chicago, as a band of musicians await trailblazing performer, the legendary mother of the blues, Ma Rainey, you know, played by Davis. Late to the session, the fearless, fiery Ma engages in a battle of wills with her white manager and producer over control of her music. As the band waits in the studio's claustrophobic rehearsal room, ambitious trumpeter Levi's, who is an eye for Ma's girlfriend and is determined to stake his own claim on the music industry, spurs his fellow musicians in an eruption of stories, revealing truths that will forever change the course of their lives. And I think, yeah, this is the um, the big thing, you know. It's, it's the way all of this is crafted. Now, as mentioned, so this is an adaptation of an August Wilson play. Right, and so the play hit in 1984. That's when it came. 
And then it was, you know, done again in 2003. And I think, look, one big thing, oftentimes when you have a play adapted to the big screen, is you don't get a film, right? You just get a a larger scale play. That's the often issue. Now, not saying performances are never good, but it's it's a different animal, right? But I kind of felt that this really did come to life as a film, right? Because, you know, Denzel produced it. And the first of Wilson's, um, you know, cycle that he brought to life was Fences, you know? Um, And, yeah, like, I enjoyed Fences, right? I'd seen the the play too, and it was good, but it didn't always feel like a film, right, but as I say, they really got it right with this, you know, they really did, just the way, I think, the camera work, the camera work was fantastic, you know, at times, you're at a distance, and it knew exactly when to bring you in close to the action, you know, to what to focus on, you know, the the way you just rotated around, you know, it hovered above, it swept in, you know, just the camera work alone, that really, you know what I mean, just helped to bring the story to life, and just bring you closer to it, you know, inject that passion, and then these performances, these performances were something else, Right, I've seen a lot of people talk about Bozeman, and yeah, for real, Bozeman was fantastic. There is no, you know, what I mean, there is no taking away from that. He he performed, he really did, but then so did everyone. I think, you know, for this to work, everyone has to be able to do their thing, and that's what we got, we got some great performances here, and when you think about the play, when you think about what we see in this story, it's, man, it's a struggle, right, because you have the, the studio owner, you know what I mean, and they want a particular thing, they want a particular thing, and that's all they really care about, Right, then you have the band. Now Cutler, he's he's running the band, and he wants to do it in a certain way. But then you've got Levi coming in, who is just a maverick. Right, he's intensity personified, and he has his own vision. But then you've got Ma who is, you know, she isn't about to be messed around, so you have these different viewpoints all mashing together, 
So you you need to show that, right? You need to show all of these and how they conflict and come together. You know? <laughs> That's the magic of it. Because we get all of that and we get it very well. Because, you know, Levi, he wants to make sure that Mars, you know, her legacy is there. Everything is done her way. No, sorry, Cutler. Cutler wants to do that. Levi wants, because he's trying to use this as a stepping stone, right? He's had promises that he's going to be able to record his stuff. So he's hyped. He's hyped because he's like, yo, I'm going to do my thing. I've got my band. I'm going to play. I'm going to be huge too. And I think he looks at the situation Right, because you've got Cutler, you've got Toledo, you're a slow drag, and they're kind. He for him, they seem content. They seem content to just be a cog in the machine. He doesn't want to be a cog in the machine. You know what I mean, he wants to become the machine. He wants to run the machine. You know, he's got visions of greatness and there's also an intensity an anger a rage that is coursing through him that we find out you know what caused that and ooh, you know it's those stories right it's in the quiet between the storms when we hear some of these little stories it's the, the way they're told The way they're brought to life With the narration from each of our characters Right, there's a magic in that And, you know, they're all done in different ways Because now, remember, so um, I think it's Slow Drag Yeah, Slow Drag tells one piece About the guy that sold his soul to the devil Right and that's an interesting piece, right? And he he tells it with his flavor. But then when Levi tells his story, ooh, man, that gets you. That really frigging gets you, right? It's tough. But it needs to be tough, right? It needs to impact you in that way. And just the way Bosman kind of relays that piece, you know, the anger that he's feeling, and he opens up his shirt. You know what I mean? All of that, all of that comes at you. It bleeds out of the screen. And you're just sitting, watching, mesmerized, and you feel that rage. You know what I mean? You feel that rage. You feel that anger. And you're pissed. Right? You're pissed. Because you understand? You know what I mean? You know what the fuck happened to black artists at that time. You know what I mean? And it didn't stop. It continued and continued. It still kind of continues to this day. Right? So you understand the anger. 
Yeah, you understand. And just look, this film is about something that took place in the 20s. And <laughs> you we all know what happened this year, right? And that kind of speaks to to what they were going through, what they were talking about. And it's just like shit is still going down. Shit is still crazy, man. So you understand the rage, right? So what Levi does throughout this film, you understand why, right? Now, <laughs> should he be doing the shit he's doing? No. Hell no. Some crazy ass shit. And it never ends well. But you understand it understand it and i think that's one of the beauties of the film you understand the point of view of all the characters like cutler toledo slow drag they just want work right they want that consistent work because they understand right you you fuck this up you might not work again you know what i mean i think everyone understands with this year with no work the Hey, you don't want to be in that situation. You don't want that. Right? So they are, you know I mean, they're happy to have the work and they're just like looking to keep their noses to the ground, grind, do their thing, get paid. Right? That's the that's the gig. You know, that's the gig. For Ma, on the other hand, she is tired. She is tired of these fake promises. These fake promises, these bullshit. Like, and we see it from the giddy up with the, the, you know, the car incident. Because, you know, there's a load of craziness and we don't see it, but you, you understand, right? Just from how the policeman is talking. <laughs> yeah, it's messy. It's messy. So she's already coming in hot, right? And you you see the way everyone was staring at her, just you know, leaving a hotel. So yeah, this is gonna be a fiery session. And then there's all the weirdness in the studio and everything like that. So it's gonna be crazy. But all of that, you feel it. Viola Davis kills it in this performance. I mean, kills it. Like, everyone. Just outstanding. Right? Truly outstanding. And we have to give it up to, uh, you know, Jeremy Shamos and Johnny Coyne as well. Because they're, uh, you know what I mean? They're the, I don't know, we, you may view them as the villains of the piece, right? But, yo, they they really handle their characters, right? Because they have to, they can't be out and out just bad, right? So there, there has to be that, you know, that smarmy, that, hey... Oh, can you just do this? And, oh, we'll have that for you in a minute. Oh, just do... You know what I mean? 
they have to be able to do all of that, convince you, like show you that two-face, and they really do, I mean, they really do, right, it, 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 it's great, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this, and then just the music itself, you know, I mean, there is something about, you know, I mean, blues and jazz, there's something about the sound, you know, what I mean, that's just different, that has a rebellious spirit to it, which does underpin this film, right, because that's what it's got, it's got that rebellious spirit, you know, that don't fuck with me, right, that's what this is, and listen, I think, I, I've spoken about other films, right, how sometimes you don't feel the connection between the characters, how sometimes, I don't know, it can fall a bit flat, but there is nothing flat about this, you know what I mean, there is nothing flat here, this is just primal, you know what I mean, it's heat, it's fusion, it's passion, man, it's just everything that you want from a story, you know, it's life, it's life, people, you know, and I think it is definitely, it's definitely a fitting, you know, I mean, a fitting last story for Bozeman, right, for, you know, sometimes people, when they go, right, their last piece, you, you're hoping, hoping it's good, and it, ah, sometimes it's, you know, it's not their best, you know, sometimes it just falls a little flat, but this, man, I'm so happy that this is just a great film, you know, the, yo, when we remember Chadwick Boseman, you know, we can look at all of those films and say, yeah, he brought it every goddamn time. And even in his last film, when he must have been just so ill. Because if you look at him compared to, you know, T'Challa and some of those other performances, 21 Bridges, you know, 42, all of that, he is very thin right, he's very thin, so, man, just imagine the pain he must have been feeling, and that performance that he brought to us, it is, it is truly something, you know, truly something, but yeah, as I said, look, everyone, everyone did bring it, everyone did bring it, and Hey, if you like, see, you know, what I, mean? I would say if you like stuff like, you know, Mo Better Blues, you know, what I mean, if you, if you just enjoy a good story that just has so much passion and soul coursing through it, then, you know, this is for you, people. You will definitely definitely enjoy Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and, uh, you know, hey, it's on Netflix, right, so, you're not gonna miss it, you'll be able to enjoy it, 
whenever you want. And people, people, I'm telling you, go enjoy it. It is very, very good. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there it is, people. Go and enjoy that black bottom because you will not, you will not be disappointed. Okay, people, so we are coming to an end of part one of this week's Echo Chamber. So make sure you go and check you know, part two now, right? The link is in um, this episode's information because you don't want to miss our conversation with, you know, just the great director, um, yeah, Otoja Abit. All right, so people, go check that now. All right, enjoy. <laughs>